Welcome to Marketing Thought Leadership, the podcast that offers insightful discussions on thought-provoking marketing topics. Here's the host of our show, marketing consultant, speaker, author, and educator, and the president of Leverage 2 Market Associates, Linda Popke. Hi, this is Linda Popke, and welcome to our latest episode of Marketing Thought Leadership. I'm here today with Sunny Bennell, who has been described as a visionary because of her ability to see a brand come alive from the very beginning. She's had a dynamic role in leading companies through birth and reinvention, which makes her a force to be reckoned with. She grew up in the mountains and was a prominent bluegrass player by the time she was 11, so a fellow musician. I love it. She was a street musician and theater actor before co-founding Mono in her early 20s. Sunny attended the prestigious Savannah College of Art and Design, where she pursued a master's in fine arts, earned four art scholarships, and led Motto to award-winning recognition. She's been named one of the top 25 creative people to watch, and that's um, with that prestigious honor, she's been catapulted to the forefront of the branding and leadership conversation. So welcome, Sunny. Thank you for having me. I'm so glad to be here. So tell me, what do you see as a leader's role in building a brand? Because certainly we hear all about what marketing can do to build a brand and you know, what we need to do from a creative perspective, but what is a leader's role in this whole process? Sure, that's a wonderful question. I think that in our experience, you know, companies and brands are built in the image of their founders and their leaders. And so from our point of view, it's why it's so imperative that leadership is really the captain of the brand ship. And it's you know, reflective of not only their vision, but their values and their purpose, and how that then comes to life, not only through the inside walls of the organization, but how the brand is represented in the world. And so leaders are, in our opinion, the most important aspect of a company's success or failure. You know, if you have great leadership and you understand where the company is going and why you're champion, champion, championing their cause, then you're, I think you have better people, you have better outcomes, and you, you play the long game instead of the short game. So for us, it's imperative. So it's really important to get a leader involved. What happens when you've had a brand that's been around for a while and there's maybe been a change in leadership? How does that impact it? Well, I think that, you know, for, for leaders where they've gone or companies where they've gone through periods of growth and transition, you know, we're often brought in uh, for what they determine is or say is change of leadership or perhaps a branding problem. And what we soon realize is it's actually more catastrophic than that. It's actually weak leadership, weak leadership with a brand suffocating mindset, um, you know, and, and I think that when leaders sort of transition, you you want to ensure that the people that are leading the company obviously um, kind of pay homage to what came before them and, and uphold the values and the honor that was that was instilled when the company was first uh, born. Um, but you know it, it it can absolutely affect the company on so many different levels. You know whether it comes down to employee morale, who they hire, who they fire. Uh, when the vision isn't clearly articulated or worse, there isn't one, it can absolutely affect the organization at its deepest level. So, you know, the hope is, is that you have great leadership at the helm at all times, but that isn't always the case. And I think you're absolutely right. And we see, very often see people saying, well, we've been on this road forever. Let's just go off and keep executing and go off and do something without going back and looking at that vision and seeing whether 
A, it's the right vision, and, and B, just because it was right before doesn't mean it, it's right for the future. And I love the way Absolutely. you say things are often more catastrophic um, mm-hmm. because it's, it's too often, we, you know, the brand is just a symptom of kind of what's below the iceberg. So, oh, what, do you so think, true. what do you think is the hardest part of creating a brand and inspiring an audience? I mean, we've got all these pieces we have to do. Where's really the toughest part? I believe that most companies struggle with the articulation of meaning. I think that organizations struggle with differentiation, especially in today's market. I think that they struggle mm-hmm. to define themselves in the world. And by that, I think that, you know, and, and I speak to this, you know, knowingly that I'm in a branding agency and, and run a branding agency, but I think that even in our industry, because we are working with so many similar companies who have similar products or similar services, that the default is to kind of create this abstract language that absolutely means nothing. And so when we're working with companies and what we really founded Motto on was trying to help companies go beyond what they sell to really understand what they stand for, because it's the only linchpin that we can really, you know, sort of wave that flag high and actually lead forward is with something that actually has depth and has, uh, you know, some, some form of soul. And, you know, the product or service isn't always that, you know, it, it doesn't always encapsulate that. And so where I think companies struggle the most, obviously, like I said, is, is just meaning. They, they cannot define the reason for being with their organization. And I don't see this all the time. I see this like a good bit of the time, you know, I mean, I see a lot of companies struggle with this, especially now, even startups specifically struggle with this, this dilemma. Um, And I think what it comes down to is really being able to use language and identify the character of your organization and look for language that actually reflects that in an authentic way versus stabbing at things where we say things like, you know, we can delight and tickle our user. Well, what does that actually mean? It means nothing. Yep. I agree, absolutely, because we see this from everyone, and everyone tells you the same thing, and what does it mean? And, mm-hmm. and so I, I agree with you. And then I think this point about uh, what you stand for, not what you sell, is so critical, because what you sell today could be very different than what you're selling next week or next month, and yet people will come back to you. I mean, no one today buying an iPhone or an iPad went to Apple 20 years ago for that. They went to Apple for a computer or for something else, mm-hmm. right? So, mm-hmm. you know, Apple, what they sell today is nothing like what they sold even a few years ago, and yet that's not what, what people go there for. They go there for the whole gestalt that's Apple and the meaning behind it. So oh, absolutely. I mean, yeah, and Steve Jobs is the epitome of, of what I'm saying. You know, when we talk about leadership and someone having a very clear vision of where he was going and where he was leading the company and why people should rally behind him, he's an extraordinary example of phenomenal vision, values, and, bu- and building a company upon that, no matter what transitions they went through, that stayed tried and true. And, you know, I think more importantly is that Steve, you know, I didn't know him personally, but I certainly have seen what the brand has been able to do. And I've studied a lot of leadership and leaders like him. And what I think is fascinating is that he loved the brand so sacred and so deeply that he was willing to sacrifice and suffer for it. And I think that's what great leaders do. I think that's a good point. So you talk about vision, uh, mm-hmm. and you talk about having the vision. How, why is this so critical? If you, if you know kind of um, what your meaning is, what comes first? Is it the vision? Is it the meaning? 
where does that how does that whole play out? Well, I think that purpose is a starting point. I mean, I, I think you have to be in, begin to, to identify what it is that you're trying to accomplish and why it is that you're moving forward in the world. You know, I, I think we build these companies because of something deeply burning within us. We go out to solve problems, but it's more important than that. It, it, it often feels like a calling. I mean, I know in my own experience with Motto and starting Motto at such a young age and never, you know, having been fired from every job I ever worked for and tried, tried to do, except for Motto, was the only thing that I truly gave my soul to, uh, you know, and, and was able to lift off the ground. You know, I, I believe that. I had a purpose and I had a calling and I, and I followed through on that. And motto is one of the expressions of what I'm, what I'm here to do. But more importantly is that what, what comes first, you know, does vision come first? Does purpose come first? Does values come first? And I would say that in our experience, all three of them are very critical pillars to build a company on and foundational aspects of how you should build a company. I mean, setting the organization's vision and the picture of the future that you want to see is important because it uh, it impacts the people that you wish to influence or inspire in some way. And it, you have to kind of think of it as like what you see possible for yourselves, for others, for your community, and really for the world. And you want to challenge the team to kind of think about the big difference that you want to make and the dream that you want to see realized because they have a lot of choices. People have choices to go and do other things. They don't have to come and work in your business for you, you know? And so when we talk about setting a vision and what great leaders do, they're able to set that forward and it may not yet exist and it may never exist, but the goal is to work towards it, you know, and, and with a clear vision, you really know what you're striving to create. And so we really push our clients to know what those things are. And if they've lost sight of it, to reconnect to it in some, in, on some level. And I think that makes a lot of sense because I mean, we, we see this so often where people are just going through the motions rather than, actually feeling like they're accomplishing something. And I think in this day and age, there's a real need to feel that you're doing something for a purpose, for, for a meaning. Um, so, so my question is, you, you've got the vision. You, you kind of know where you want to go. What comes next? Is it the culture? Is building the company? Is it the brand? Does brand inform culture? Does culture inform brand? Do they interact with each other? How does that work? Well, they influence, they influence each other's influence each other in you know, very symbiotic ways. I mean, mm -hmm. they're really one and the same for us. And when often we go inside a company and we're working with their leadership team and the organization, we often can see whether or not it's a culture or a brand problem or both. And usually they're, they're very closely tied. Um, I think that a culture is built, but I also think that you can have some influence and intent behind how the culture becomes and comes alive and, and whether or not you are actually intentionally hiring people that fit that. And I think that that really, again, stems back to the leader. Like what kind of company do you want to build? Because it's going to be the heartbeat of the, of the organization. It's going to drive everything from human resources to organizational structure to systems and processes, alliances, business strategy, and really ultimately the bottom line. So without brand and culture, a company is just kind of a lifeless commodity. And that's why branding is a leadership requirement 
not a task for the department, you know, the marketing department. It's, mm-hmm. it's really hand in hand. You, they, they go together. And so you have to nurture not only the brand, but you have to nurture the culture because the culture is then going to be sort of reflected outside the walls of the organization into the message that you're putting out and the way that people interact with your organization. It's just as important to have great people as it is to have a great brand because the two come together and tell a very powerful narrative or not a powerful narrative, depending on what kind of company it is and who they're led by. You're absolutely right. And I see this so many times. I talk about this in my book, Marketing Above the Noise, that you you know employees will amplify your brand. And whether you have employees who believe in what you're doing and understand that, and again, we go with Apple, but but there's so many other examples as well, or you've got employees that really don't care. They're putting in time and, you know, they're getting a paycheck and that's it. Those things mm-hmm. become apparent. And too often thinking about how employees influence the brand and how they expand the brand, it doesn't happen at all or it happens as an afterthought. And, and I think you're right because what happens inside the organization spills out to the outside and it's not just a sales rep or a customer service rep, but it's anybody that touches a customer and knowing what's going on with the brand and culture is just so important. Oh, well, sure. I mean, here's the thing. It's much easier for us to go into a culture that's already intact and powerful, but just has maybe a broken brand, like maybe their execution wasn't as good or was not as strong. It's much easier for us to fix that problem than to fix a culture problem and a leadership problem, because sometimes you have the culture desperately vying for the leader's attention you know, creating sort of smoke signals and, and cry calls, you know, to say, hey, help, help. Yeah. We, we, we were looking to kind of know where we're headed, and you've got a leader at the helm who doesn't believe in brand, doesn't believe in, in those, those factors of an organization, and, and that is far greater of an obstacle to overcome than working with somebody who has a great culture. So it's much harder to fix a culture and, and, and leadership and, and than, than it is if, if a, just a brand is broken. Oh, sure, yeah. I mean, execution of brand is far easier to solve than it is uh, to repair a fractured leadership problem or a fractured culture, absolutely. Right. So tell us if, if you could kind of sum up in one, in one final statement for us, Sunny. Um, if, if I'm trying to figure out... Is it brand? Is it culture? Is it leadership? Where should I even start? How, how do I even figure out where to go next? And, and when would I call you in to, to help? Well, we work with two very distinct types of clients. We work with startups and entrepreneurs who are leading and growing um, and cultivating new brands. So most of those companies don't quite have a heritage. Um, they don't have any kind of backstory most of the time, although the, the founder or CEO or whoever is, is starting the company sometimes has a backstory of how they got there. But, you know, most of our work really for a company like that starts at the very beginning. You know, we're looking at the brand, we're looking at the organization, we're looking at the founder, we're trying to f- understand what is the vision of the organization, what's the purpose, what are they trying to accomplish in the world, and then sort of how to bring that to life and position them in the market to differentiate. And then, you know, also how do we bring the brand to life um, that's reflective of that. So that's that's one area. I think the, the call to action on that is to, for most entrepreneurs, I think what we've seen over the last couple of years is this mindset that you have to do everything like the lean startup method, which I'm, I just am a firm believer of not doing just because we've repaired the broken, 
<laughs> brands <laughs> that have time. come our way because yeah. of that. Um, yeah. You know, it's great for business, but it's not good, you know, to see so many companies failing or struggling because they put all of their time and money into a product and didn't think about the brand. So that's right. very difficult. So I encourage entrepreneurs to really think about the brand uh, from the very beginning. You know, the minute that you start asking people to support you is the minute that you're creating a brand. So that's, that's first and foremost. For companies that have been in business for a while and maybe they've lost sight of who they are, maybe they've just grown and things don't feel right. Most organizations know this subconsciously. They just always can't admit it to themselves. They just know things aren't quite lining up or doesn't feel right. And so what we would say to them is to, you know, look to a company like us or someone else that, that will help you get clear again, you know, to take you back to that exciting place of where you started the company and what those, what those pillars were when you started out and, and to reconnect to who you are and then, and then look to figure out where are things broken and how do we repair those? Because again, you know, brand is a labor of love. It's not something that you do once. It's not something that you do twice. It's something that you commit your journey to and that you continuously nurture and evolve and shape. And, you know, it's, it, it's something that has to come to life and that you have to keep sort of building upon it. You know, uh, it's, it's very evolutionary in that way. And it's a living thing. Uh, people don't think it is, but it, it truly is. And so you have to give weight to it. You have to give importance to it because otherwise you're out in the world and you're existing sort of rudderless and I believe that, you know, you have to think about all of these aspects of your organization in order for it to be healthy. I think you're absolutely right. We're talking to Sunny Bonnell from, uh, from Motto. And uh, before we finish, I have to ask you one thing because I know you're a musician. Uh, you have on your website some mixtapes. So yeah. tell me a little bit about those because that's just so uh, different. Yeah, yeah. It's something that is really near and dear to us. I mean, I've been a musician, I, I think you said my bio, you know, since I was eight years old, I grew up, I grew up like on the side of a mountain playing strings, and, you know, <laughs> banjos. And, I mean, really talking about mountain type folk and bluegrass and gospel that, that really gets to you. So, you know, I grew up surrounded by that. Uh, I spent my life as a musician. It's something very important to me. And it's, I think that brands are so reflective of like, they're kind of, they're, it's like they have their own soundtrack, you know? Yep. And so when I think of, when I, when I think of kind of our philosophy and the way we do things, like music is a part of that, you know, as a matter of fact, when we're creating brands, sometimes we even create soundtracks to that brand and, and mixes for those companies that we work with. So it's kind of a fun thing that we do. But, you know, it's so true. Like, we just kind of put these, these songs together that, that, that we feel like we're, we're in touch with at the time and, and put them out there for people to download and follow and, and just another way to kind of connect with us in a different way to show who we are, you know, outside of being a branding agency who brands other people. We actually have our own personality as well, and that's, that's one way to do it, to show it. That's wonderful. And I, I play piano. I've never done the bluegrass stuff, but I love it. How would people find out more about you? Where would they go find out more about you, get the music, find out about what you do? Sure. So we're online, of course, at wearemotto.com, and you can find us on all the social platforms. We're on Snapchat, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at wearemotto. Okay. Fantastic. We've been here with Sunny Bonnell. This is Linda Popke. Until next time, thank you for listening to Marketing Thought Leadership. We hope you enjoyed this edition of Marketing Thought Leadership. 
brought to you by Leverage 2 Market Associates. If you'd like to find out how powerful marketing results can transform your organization, contact us at www.leverage2market.com.